Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Talking Far, Far Away, episode 22 here at the Brick City Blockade. You know, we've been kind of teasing this for a little bit of time here at the network. We had an event that just came and just concluded today itself, a little event called D23, and we got some Star Wars stuff, Scott. Yes, we got the scissor reel for The Last Jedi uh, yesterday. It was a very, like, the panel was about 10, 15 minutes. I mean, all of us on the network were tweeting each, well, through our wee Facebook group chat, we're talking about it, we're like, oh my god, what's next, what's coming, what's coming? So yeah, we got the this is a reel after they've done the live pan at the Disney live action movies. Um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I liked the music with it. I liked everything we got from it. Especially Admiral Akbar at the end saying, it's a rap! Which I hate everybody gets a job. <laughs> saying it. If, you don't, if you don't know that, then you don't understand Star Wars with that kind of reference. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a good, small, I wish it was more. Yeah, it was nice to see, well, we, obviously we couldn't see it live streaming, but it was nice to hear yeah. that Laura Dern was there and Benicio del Toro was there, uh, so they're ushering in the new family, new members to the Star Wars family. Yeah, and, and it's so crucial because I think going into D23, I think we had our expectations in terms of any Han Solo stuff. Were we going to see possibly the next spin-off film announced here from Lucasfilm? But we did get a sizzle reel from The Last Jedi. And it's funny because this is right around the time that we started to see some of the stuff about The Force Awakens in 2015. Brian Fontaine had mentioned it yesterday. It was at San Diego Comic-Con 2015 that we got the sizzle reel for Awakens. So it's kind of interesting that they timelined it within a week of when Force Awakens came out. It seems like there's a format going there. But let's talk about this physical sizzle reel itself because even though we didn't get all these big announcements, we got some interesting tidbits for The Last Jedi itself. And Scott, one of the things I want to talk to you about, one of this film, just alone, when you're talking about Ryan Johnson here, that he was going to bring a fresh new feel coming into this, and that the middle film was going to be darker in some sense. Did you get that darker feel to it? Because I certainly got a much more grittier tone to this compared to what we got with The Force Awakens. I got that feel. I also got a feel that uh, it's going to be a bit of a desperation. Uh, mm. You know, like, when you saw, we saw it in the last Jedi trailer, but you saw like Phasma and her stormtrooper storming the resistance base. Um, it just feels like there's going to be some kind of desperation. You can see just the feeling of, you can see that Leia is kind of trying to get help to maybe try and get the resistance building up. We're all speculating here, but that's the kind of feeling you get. And also more Luke, more, more of Luke Skywalker. We're going to see him in two outfits this time, one of them being in the the brown wicked outfit, kind of looks similar to the Return of the Jedi outfit he wore. Mm. Um, got to see more Phasma, we got to see Benicio Del Toro, we got to see Laura Dern interacting with Carrie Fisher, and just some, yeah, it was just some nice wee tidbits. We got to see Chewie Gapurm, uh, which was quite nice. <laughs> um, you know, wikis do have to have to go to the stylist sometimes, so uh, mm-hmm. there we go. Um, and yeah, and it just looks like there's so much action in this movie and so much fresh new approaches to stuff. And it's not going to be like 
everybody would say, oh, but the Force Awakens was a homage to and right. New Hope, but I don't think we're going to get this with this movie. Again, Force Awakens had to bring everybody back to Star Wars. That's why it's the third highest question box office of all time. Um, so yeah, we're going to get some really, really meaty stuff in this movie. And Daisy Ridley said our show that what people were expecting would be like, oh my God, I never saw that coming. Yeah, and you bring this up, and I'm glad you wanted to kick it off with us before we start overanalyzing this thing like we do here at the network. And as Star Wars fans, we love to just keep breaking down each one of these moments and see what we can dig out of it. But you do bring up an interesting point. And I think that's something that we haven't heard yet from these actors is that, you know, J.J. Abrams, of course, his job was to reintroduce us. And all the actors in that says a real said, J.J. Did, is doing a great job of bringing us back to the roots of Star Wars and reintroducing this universe to the fans. A bit more of what I was expecting from these actors to say that Ryan Johnson is now turning this thing on its head and he is bringing a fresh new look and a grittier tone and stuff that you are not expecting in the Star Wars universe to show up are going to show up in this film. And it's so nice to hear that. And I think that's something that Star Wars actors go through. I think you can probably say that with Luke alone. You want to talk about Mark Hamill throughout his career, just in terms of Star Wars, going from a new hope where he was just a farm boy to suddenly George Lucas coming in saying, Hey, guess what? Just before that scene happened, Darth Vader's your father, buddy. So. <laughs> and I expect not that kind of a reveal with this film, but I expect twists. I expect Ryan Johnson, not just because it's a middle film, but that's what he does with his films. Guy who developed Looper, it, you know, did some stuff with that. This, this is a guy who has done this cinematically for many, many years. And I think it's, it's promising, Scott. You and I are big movie fans. I think we know that when, a, when a, a director like Ryan Johnson comes in to do something, they're not going in there to do something wholesale. They're going in there to do something that's unique and has its own tone and its own unique story to it. No, he's not going to do a uh, Michael Bay with Transformers making it just a visual voice. Uh, <laughs> no matter what John Rucker says, it's the Transformers latest one's just a disaster. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, about turning it on its head, Mark Hamill's even said that he hasn't, like, enjoyed, doesn't agree with the way that Luke's been portrayed, but he's made his, he made his feels about it clear, but he's doing it, to, well, obviously. Um, <laughs> but He's now accepted the fact that okay, he never saw this coming. Um, but yeah, the, there's so much in this movie that just shows it's turning on its head that we haven't, we're not going to get a chance to like it's going to take us weeks and months to kind of go, oh, Why did that happen? How does this lead to episode nine? Oh my god, what's this going to happen? So yeah, I direct yeah. like Ryan Johnson is definitely going to do that, but he's done the looper. I mean, any other director could have done, could have done that as long as it was not Michael Bay. So yeah. What do you see, but I think Ryan Josh is going to give us a fantastic movie. Now, one of the things we have to do, just teased it. Let's start breaking down this, this sizzle reel like we probably should. There are interesting tidbits throughout this. However, Scott, you and I kind of talked about this before going on air. There are certain moments throughout this sizzle reel. Yeah, did it follow the same format as Force Awakens at time? Yeah, of course. It's Lucasfilm. It's Disney. They're going to follow that kind of format. But there were certain things in here that they were teasing so hard and want fans to get into that I think it's worth a discussion. Now, one of the things we did talk about, and it comes fairly early in this, is we see a lot of what's going on with Ray, And we see a lot of the training that she's going through. And we see what Daisy Ridley is being put through 
in terms of Ray herself and probably her her film. I mean, it looks like she's going to be running around a ton. It looks like it looks like Luke is going to be training her and getting her going and saying, you know what? If you want to defeat the First Order and you want to get back at Kylo Ren and you want to avenge Han Solo, which I know Luke obviously wants to do, of course, after he finds out probably what happened what Ben Solo did to him. I think that we're seeing some of that. And there was one specific part that I want to talk to you about. And we talked about it last night in our discussion for Sean's birthday at Jim Roberge's house, which was a ton of fun. So big shout out to them for that. I wasn't there. <laughs> I know. We actually had the little force ghost Obi-Wan there for you. There we go. You said you wanted to be there as a force ghost. So most appropriately, you were there. Scott, there was one part of this. Daisy Ridley is fighting off three other people. Three of them have staves. She has a lightsaber. I have my feelings about it, but I want to get yours first. Well, as you said, we spoke about it offline, and the ones it, it harkens back. This, this was reported, so if you're listening, you can skip. Obviously, we don't do spoilers, but this is what's been reported, and it kind of ties into what we're seeing in the scenario. Is that there is a scene where Ray is taking on a certain amount of people, and this looks like this scene coincide with the training and with her being training how to fight with three staffs against one lightsaber. It also might time that scene where she ran along with the lightsaber in the on the beach of uh, where Luke is. So it seems to be that these kind of little dots are connected together. We're kind of starting to get some kind of picture there. Yeah, and, and it's and it's an interesting point to come to because there, there of course again you just said it we're not focus on spoilers here but if you want to go and find this stuff you can it's out there you can read it at your own discretion because there is some cool stuff out my overall thoughts on this scott is that i have a prediction that obviously could these three people be associated with kylo ren in some way i'm not going to say specifically but are, are they like an acolyte to him yeah probably in some kind of standard based on what we've read and based on what here at the brick city blockade podcast network we've talked about leading up to this that this as we see we keep seeing ray in this and one of the things you brought up again everything happens before we go on air folks <laughs> it seems like some of the best conversations some of those we're, i'm just going to hit the record button after this scott and we're just going to keep rolling before we even start here half the time but not all the time not all the time <laughs> right right most appropriately but you brought up an interesting point about Kylo Ren himself. Let's talk about specifically that garb that he has on, because we've seen the leaked pictures from Battlefront. Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of discussion that, yeah, the Kylo Ren that you saw, it was pretty badly damaged at the end of Force Awakens. He's going to be upgrading himself a little bit in terms of his style. You know what I mean? You got, you're going to have to kind of, in the second one, up, up your style a little bit. That shot of, obviously, Adam Driver in this new-look Kylo Ren suit uh, is looking a little bit like Grandpa there, Scott. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. No, I agree with you. The, the scene in the scissor reel is like, it's very reminiscent of um, Return of the Jedi when he's on the Death Star in the throne room. And you see him come out the, to the left, the turbo left, whatever you, whatever you call it. And he's got his helmet on and he's kind of dressed the way Vader is, is very Vaderish. It's very like Grandpa Anika, here we come. <laughs> and then it cuts to the other part of that scene as well. And I, I have you noticed though in that scene where he's there's still no realism in half of that. Well, what yeah. is it that's so with Star Wars? Realist, oh. that's how Han fell. 
I know this is. I'm going to send a uh, letter to the engineers of these planet of these spaces. Mail us, please. Health and safety. <laughs> if an environmental officer came out, he would close you down. Anyway, that's something else. Um, that, that that scene was very reminiscent of we're going to see Snoke in that throne room. That's Snoke's throne room. Because why is Kylo Ren there? That's what I want to know. Is he is he getting more training? Is he is he being given a a row for the fact that he failed? to stop the resistance destroying Starkville base. Who knows? But it looks like a very grand scale design. It's not all on blue screen. This is very grand scale. Uh, so I think we're going to see Snoke in person and that's his throne room. It just looks on oh, it just looks amazing. I didn't know if we were gonna go here, but we're gonna go here with it because there have been so many different reports. Again, you can go and find this stuff. Please fast forward if you don't want to hear this. I'm waving my hands right now like I always do because this is when it comes. Been tons and tons of reports. And I think this teaser, this sizzle reel, whatever you want to call it, confirms the realistic and the live action puppeteering and the live action effects that we're going to see used. Practical effects is the right word to use. This film. Been a lot of reports about Snoke being a practical effect. I'm starting to get that feel now that you're talking about it, that Kylo Ren is going to face and see for the first time, it seems like in terms of what we know, Snoke is a practical being, as a practical effect in the Star Wars universe. And like you said, if we get that throne room feel, like almost like what we had with Vader and Palpatine in that way, and there's a practical effect Snoke sitting there, just be prepared to be blown in, in that circumstance. <laughs> Because then you're going to have iconic images of those two. You're going to have the Star Wars that we have been looking for for so very long and what we want to be reintroduced to. And I think you bring up a great point. Kylo Ren is maturing. He got rid of his dad like Snoke wanted him to. He got rid of what was holding him back, the, the light side. And we're starting to see that maturity factor in terms of him turning to the dark side more starting to play out here it's hard to say because this is all speculation but i think as fans we're starting to like you said connect the dots here and we're starting to put it together what scott i, I just i totally went past my mind here is that opening scene in the sizzle reel where we had the red marshmallows being thrown at the, <laughs> at the rock wall what and i didn't know crate was going to be made of red marshmallows that that yeah. surprised me I didn't know that either. It just looks like it's from that scene where all the new kind of red resistance ships because they've got that kind of red thing, red smoke or whatever is coming out. And I feel like that's that. So there we go. We're connecting another set of dots as well. There. Yeah, it's just, there's just so much. And this isn't real as well. The one thing is that are using a lot of puppeteers' practical effects. Like we saw the guys who build these fantastic creatures and you just saw like bits of them in their mouths and the room but like it was very like a casino like uh yeah. all this that's amazing oh i can't wait to see that we've got to see a lot of carry in this like and this is real and i just like at the end where she's just like nodding yeah. as she said herself this movie's about family so it, it does hurt to see the closer we get to this movie the more we're kind of saying bon voyage to carrie fisher so that's a, that's a really good point. And just just kind of stemming off of that alone, I think if Carrie Fisher, if she was going to have her last film in Star Wars, just based off of the sizzle reel, 
this is one hell of a film to go out on. I mean, it's just based on what we've seen so far in the family aspect and what Luke is going through with Ray. And then obviously, obviously, I think this is a real confirmed that we're going to see them reunite at some point because yeah. I, I feel like we've seen Luke in a couple outfit changes in this, like when he's standing on the rocks and he's got his uh, robe off and everything. And then of course we see a little bit more of behind the scenes and Luke has the robe off and it looks like he's wearing some kind of European vacationing bag around himself, <laughs> which I, I, I don't know. Maybe Mark Hamill likes those. Maybe he likes dad bags. I, I, I don't know. But well, he's in Ireland. So <laughs> I say that all. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. And, you know, at the same time, I think that, of course, emotionally, it's, it's absolutely touching that they put Carrie Fisher at the end of this sizzle reel because it's such a great way to say, boom, guess what? This is how it's going to be. It's going to be emotional. You guys have to be ready for it. Now, speaking of kind-hearted, speaking of loving, I think we have to talk about porgs. I think we have to talk about the porgs, Scott. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about right now. But they are the little creatures that we see in the sizzle reel. And they have these big eyes. And there have been a lot of reports making StarWars.net has reported on this that Luke is not alone on Octo. I think you kind of understood that. Yeah, that, I don't. Yeah. yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, very, I, now. I was just like, oh, I thought you had like a pork. And I was like, what, what's pork got to do with this? I'm, is there a pig on this island that I'm not aware of? <laughs> oh, this is so great about live streaming is because you can catch these moments. It's just so good. Um, <laughs> But it's no the, the the tiny little things, Scott. They're yeah. called porgs. I know Porg. it's it's my American accent. It's tough. Because it's Scottish, which is hot to knees, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, that's and they're so again making Star Wars Donet reported on these and I, Jim. I it was it Jim or or somebody made a terrible comment last night. And they, they made a, a, a comment about Luke's size that we finally see him on Octo. And I can't remember who it was. I'm, I'm going to quote them at some point. But they said that no wonder why Luke put on so many pounds because he had so many porgs that he could feast on. <laughs> now, we came up with the term of porg skewers at that point. I, I, I just looked at him and I said, you know what? I said, these things are so freaking cute. I said, how dare you? How dare you? Cute little practical effects became Luke's lunch, dinner, <laughs> dessert, breakfast on Octu. Scott, I, I, I don't know how you feel about this because this is the network that you have now associated yourself with. <laughs> that we are talking about porgs being an everyday meal and why Luke is chunky luke hashtag chunky luke at this point i i'm i'm speechless i think they're cute i think it's such a great i mean when they become plushies and they become toys and they are put on the shelves goodbye force friday you're never gonna get your hands on them well he is on an island that has hardly anything i mean come on he's got to eat man he's got to eat i mean he was on there for five years <laughs> I mean, he used the force and just whoosh. But then we must understand he all loved things. But then we had to go. They had to go to the Lion King way, you know. You just have to eat them. 
even though you're the you're the pride, you're the king, you still have to eat your subjects. That is why Snoke <laughs> is mad because I have started the hashtag Snoke food Forge. Because he is mad at Luke because he's eating his kind. That would explain why uh, Snoke's got a big dent in his head. Luke was yeah. trying to eat him. Uh, so there we go. Hear you. <laughs> so there we go. Hashtag cannibal Luke. Ooh. Oh, there we go. Luke, Luke likes to eat people now. So that, that's why there's nobody else on that planet. Luke's been eating people. Um, it's a new Hannibal Lecter Star Wars. But yeah, all joking aside, they are cute little things. It kind of reminds me of the, the creature that's in the Rebels. Ah, yes. So it's a nice tie back there. Whether, whether they are, it's another thing. But um, they, they're cute little things. And uh, even though they're puppets, but Oh man, they're, they're so cute. Yeah, I know. It's 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 like we haven't seen this since the Ewoks. No, I'm kidding. There's a whole thing about Ewoks uh, that they're they're more vicious than we think. Maybe Porgs are vicious. I don't know. It's gonna be hard. It, it it's hard to say. Luke might have had to have hunted them down in a more aggressive manner. He may have had to have built me- mechanisms to capture these things. I, I'm getting too dark, but at the same time. You want to talk about, you brought it up, Scott, the, the cantina scene. That is what got me in this sizzle reel. Is that little lobster thing that's, that's probably a bartender. is like, well, what do you have to drink? It, it's just, it's, it's, sorry, I had to do that. But, uh, but at the same time, the casino's name is Canto Bite. That's the physical name for this casino. And... You want to talk about, we saw it in the um, Vanity Fair covers, what's going to be in this cantina in terms of aliens, in terms of beings who are going to be there enjoying themselves. This is, this is going to end up being one of my favorite scenes in this film when we arrive at Canto Bite because it sounds like a lot of stuff is happening there based on what we've even read going into the sizzle reel. It seems like they've been focusing a lot of shooting around it. It's kind of going, it kind of feels like that way. It feels like that we're starting to get more of these kind of scenes in Star Wars now. We've had the cantina scene and uh, you hope we've got that great cantina scene in Maz's castle. Mm. Uh, so I feel all we do wait now is for the next song, part of that song, uh, Jabba Flo to appear in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we get part two of that song. I would like to. To see a big part of that stuff. But yeah, uh, there's so much going on in that scene. Um, the question is, who's there? Is this where Leia goes and there's a lot of, or is this where Ray Luke, which I don't think so. This doesn't oh. feel like they're, they're kind of, this definitely doesn't look like Luke's kind of scene. Or is it Finn and Rose is on a mission? Yeah, this is what we'll wait to see. But because there's none of the main characters I saw were in that scene at all, unless it was. Oh, Heather. Kathleen Kennedy was there, so maybe she's in that scene. Yeah, you know, that that's a really good point, because obviously she wasn't at D23, so maybe she made it to Canto Bite, you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. maybe she took that detour, I don't know. One of the things, one of the things from this sizzle reel, Scott, i play a little game of over-under here with you, because... Yeah, I get an idea about maybe something that might happen. Of course, it's speculation. Of course, this is a prediction. But I'm going to set the percentage at 55% over under. I'm going to go to your first one. What are the chances that Canto Bite is where we meet Benicio Del Toro's character, 
DJ? I'm going to say 60%. 60% that we might see DJ there again, if he's Ezra or not, Dark Jedi, I don't know. But yeah, I think 60% will see him there. All right. 99.9% chance we are going to meet DJ at Canto Bite, and here is the reason why. There's been a lot of talk, and a lot of pe- people have been going back to Force Awakens, and they've been reading the scene where Ray is talking with Han on the Millennium Falcon, and they start listing off the names of people who have had possession of the Millennium Falcon in the past. And in one part, there's a name that comes up. There's a specific name that comes up at the beginning. And I, I have to go back and listen to it specifically. I haven't read this clip in a long time. But I believe the initials associated were D and J. I believe they were. So is this where, you know, maybe Ray shows up in the Millennium Falcon on this planet and DJ's like, hey, you know, that's that's the ship that was mine, you know. And he gets all old man on us, all old man Benicio <laughs> Del Toro with his Heineken on the side being like, I know how to call a waiter. No, I'm kidding. But I, I, I'm, I'm starting to think that we get introduced to DJ, and I think based on Tio Del Toro kind of fits in what we've seen him do in other films, especially comic book films, is that he really does play the sly character for information mm-hmm. or go to to like almost as like a resource. I think he's going to be the one that seeks out the Millennium Falcon in some way, trying to retrieve it. But I don't know. That's just that's just speculation, and that's just something I'm thinking. I, It'll be interesting to see where that character goes, but 99.9% sure on Canto Bite because you you know Benicio Del Toro is a betting man for sure. Yeah, he's kind of going to be the lander of the series. Ah. I think. So just the way you're describing that, um, I think he could be Lando Calrissian of this trilogy. So I would be surprised if you see him back for episode 9. Unless he gets... Killed off, which I hope he doesn't because he lies. Just doing his uh, collector impression from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, you're right. He plays that kind of character that everybody goes to for information, and especially in the Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's the one that's telling about the, the Infinity Stones. So, mm. um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he he's the one that people go to for information. He's the one that he's a smuggler type so yeah I can see him being Lando and he joins the, res- the resistance to fight the First Order I might be wrong, I might be wrong but you know, you never know he, he, he could be the Lando of the series That's a really interesting point is like it almost goes to a different extent, not necessarily that maybe he had possession of the Millennium Falcon he's coming after them, no he had possession of the Millennium Falcon and Ray remembered that name that Han mm-hmm. spoke of and maybe Han had some background, maybe stuff from Maz's castle or something. Of course, there's a lot of stories that are there that obviously we don't know about and everything. So maybe Ray was clued in on on who this guy could possibly be. And it was like, yeah, he's a resource you got to go to now that Han is, sadly, now that Han is gone, go to if you want to get off the planet or want to just know where certain things maybe within the First Order are. And speaking of First Order, Scott, a lot of people think it's it's Hux pulling up in this vehicle. 
and it's a it's a this long vehicle that shows up that everybody's like trying to stop this big metal vehicle. It looks like Hux and somebody else is inside of it. First thing I thought of was was Red was Red Skull's vehicle at first because it was the long, <laughs> ob, you know, oblong vehicle. Skull's gonna show up in Star Wars uh, Episode Eight, but no, that obviously that's not the case. We got that here first, folks. <laughs> but i'm curious to hear your thoughts because i keep going back to that i don't i don't know why i have a feeling this is going to be very cool when it shows up Hux pulling up like to to like to like his his homecoming uh, dance you know with somebody in the car be like you know yeah like all cool and everything like hey you know my dad was an imperial officer and <laughs> okay that worked out uh if you bought right any the canon novels you'll understand that yeah i that seemed like too quickly i just i felt sorry for the guys I had to stop it because i really thought they were going to get knocked down i thought they were going to have a hand uh harrison ford with the bloody falcon fell on the door the, the doors of the falcon fell on top of yeah. harrison ford um but that seems too fast for me to kind of catch that so i couldn't yeah. quite make it out because it it did look like there was some like there was people in it, but I just it was too quick. Even every time I was stopping, it, I was like, nah, I can't get that. So, but if you're saying Hux is in it with someone else, maybe it's his date for the homecoming dance. Um, the the first order homecoming dance where like they dance to each other. Yeah, but that's something different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no idea why I said that. So yeah. Um, I don't know, like, but it's a very long vehicle. It's a very yeah. Star Wars type vehicle. Uh, it kind of feels like a shorter version of the the Naboo cruiser from Episode One. Mm. It's got that kind of look and feel to it. Whether Naboo is in this movie, I don't know. I don't think so. We're not going to go to any prequel planets, but it has that sort of feel from Star Wars. It kind of feels closer to that kind of design, but yeah. and a car kind of feel. Now, I think, before we wrap this thing up, I think it's interesting because I thought going into D23, I knew I, I had a really sneaky suspicion maybe we were going to get some Han Solo. Now coming out of it, and now that I've seen the sizzle reel so many times, Scott, I'm kind of glad we got this in a way because it has sparked conversation and it has been able to keep the story going for fans because... Now we're able to critique it. Now we're able to break it down. And now we're able, again, as we've said throughout this episode, connect the dots and start to try to add some things up. But I kept telling myself, I, I kept saying, you know, some of this might not end up in the film. Some of this yeah. might be cut out from the film. And that is why they are showing it to us. Personally, I would be really turned off by that because I've seen so much great stuff in this sizzle reel that it's like, ugh, it's, it'd be tough. But I have to understand at the same time, that's just how sometimes these things work, cut out. Maybe we won't see that vehicle. Maybe we won't see Porgs, which at this point, I'm like, why, why wouldn't you have Porgs at this point? They're so dang cute. And obviously they're edible. So why wouldn't you keep them in there? But at the same time, Scott, I think we have to say what each of our favorite moments from this sizzle reel are and why, and why do, do you think that it will end up in the final cut of the film? I know it's hard to predict that, but... Would you hope? Would are you hoping to see that scene in the film? Scene, it would be the Ray Lennon, well Daisy Lennon to protect herself. So if it's something like that, I I hope to see that. I think we will see that in this movie. And 
to be fair, we've not heard a lot about reshoots yet, whether this movie's getting reshoots, so we'll wait and see. But yeah, I think that's the scene I want to see. I want to see Ray go up against people, whether it's the First Order or somebody else, and then hopefully Luke joins in the fight and realises he is needed. So that's my favourite scene. And also the end of it where Admiral Atosbar is, it's a wrap! <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to bring up the ending to that because I was going to say it too anyway. I mean, it's, it, it's not like it's iconic now at all that we get Akbar at the end of something holding a Millennium Falcon, you know, director's, uh, yeah. <laughs> director's timetable. It's a wrap, you know. It's not a big deal at all, obviously. But I think if I were to pick a specific moment from the sizzle reel that I think should be included, I want to know more about where Leia is in that scene when we see her standing in front of the camera and everything and it i don't i couldn't tell if it was octu i couldn't tell what it was in the background if there was ocean but it looked flat there and she had her garb on that of course we saw from the vanity fair pictures and i have my sneaky suspicions that this is where leia and luke see each other once again i don't know why because there's such a dark feel to it there's it looks like the planet where luke was training the young Jedi or the young Padawans at the time, it has that feeling to it. And I kind of want to see that camera angle of her with the, just the, the plain background and then just her face because that will become iconic. Become a very iconic shot in Star Wars, knowing, of course, of course, always and forever where Princess Leia, our Carrie Fisher, is today. That's what I'm hoping for to see is one iconic shot of of course Carrie Fisher in this film going forward, and and of course and of course it's a wrap. I mean you have to include that in there somewhere. Yeah, it's funny this. I have to look at the scene that you're talking about. I think we are going to get that the next trailer. I've got a funny feeling next trailer is going to be out in August. The, mm-hmm. the way this whole market has been, that this is a real this time last year was Star mm-hmm. Wars celebration. This time last year was Star Wars celebration. We got a scissor reel. Rogue One this time last year as well so my prediction is we're going to get another trailer in August and just because they had three trailers out <clears throat> for Force Awakens, three trailers out for Rogue One, three trailers out for this one so I think we're going to get a trailer soon and I hope we see that scene that you're talking about If they follow that format and if they follow that emotional tone that they want to like they, there has been in all of these films, maybe other than Rogue One. It's hard to say because we didn't, of course, we were just going through Catalyst at that point and we were just starting to get an idea of what was going on with Rogue One. But if we're talking about the, the Chewy I'm Home moment, I mean, I'm not going to say that the first trailer, the, the Last Jedi Must End, wasn't emotional because it, that's, that is emotional. But I think if they really want to hit the nail on the head and they want to get get an emotional tone in there that august trailer has carrie fisher and luke in the shot you and i've been talking about this the carrie and luke in that shot and and carrie or luke says one line to them and it's like it's good to see you or something we just need that i feel like with star wars fans we need that emotional punch in one of these trailers to say yep it's that time it's coming be ready for when it does come yeah Definitely, definitely. And hopefully it comes soon and then we'll break it down when it comes out. I just want to be here now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope here. 
at the network is that we get this soon. We get to break it down. That's what we do best. Well, Scott, I think we've reached that time in talking far, far away. It's a little thing we like to call plug time. Correct. It is called plug time. <laughs> now, Mr. Scott Inch, where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Facebook at Scott Inch or on Twitter at Scott Inch 85. And it's only two months, almost just over two months down my great vacation in America. We just call it a holiday, but great vacation in America. <laughs> we are so looking forward to that. Please make sure you use and follow the hashtag Scott's Great American Vacation. It is a real hashtag on Twitter, so make sure you're using it for everything when Scott comes over. Scott Inch from the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets. Make sure to head on over to Instagram. Follow me at the official vote. Please, please, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes to the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network. Share it, like it, put in a comment, put in a rating. It's all about you guys. This content is all built around you. It's up to you to put in your thoughts because maybe we'll do a little contest on it and maybe you'll win something. I don't know. That's just a little teaser for you for what might be to come. And also make sure to check out www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in the galaxy far, far away. For Robin Bowden, for Scott Inch, thank you guys for listening to Talking Far, Far Away, episode 22, and we'll see you soon. Of course, you. Always. Oh,